It's Thursday, week 10 of the South Carolina High School Football Week. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, along with the coach Stan Spivey in the house. Glad to have a man with him <laughs> here as well. Austin Landers joining us here from Howard's on Main. Glad to have him in the house to go along with the, all this ruckus crowd that we've got at Howard's on Main. We want to invite you to come on down and enjoy some of the great food. Hey, they were catering for the uh, Emerald Vikings today. The JV got a, a bunch of sandwiches here. You can cater as well. Just give them a simple call, 229-3700. Or better yet, just stop by howardsonmain.com and get all the details. Kitchen hours, by the way, 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. So uh, we take full advantage of that during the football season. Except on Friday when Clyde leaves at 9. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got to show that to Clyde and make sure he understands he's supposed to be here till 10. He's supposed to be there. That bar's open till 11 or whatever. But I, th- I think he's taking after Austin. You know, Austin oh. can be in two places at one time. Wow, he's well, learning. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got that telepath- telepathic uh, ability right now. There you go. All right, we're glad to have you with us here along for the ride. We've got a lot to talk about high school-wise. Chris's Chaos is going to be coming your way today as well, so we'll dive into that uh, as well as where everybody's going to be. Erskine, South Carolina, Clemson, uh, PC is going to be in action. Uh, we're going to talk about Furman today as well because, uh, well, after all, Furman is number three uh, in the uh, group of five as of right now, so we're going to talk about them uh, and give you some details on what they've got. They had a big win last week uh, over Western Carolina, so that should be a lot of fun there. But first and foremost, I'm going to start and say congratulations on a fine, fine, fine season for the Greenwood boys volleyball team. They went down to AC floor in five sets. They ended up with a big win on Monday night. Uh, came away with their first ever uh, postseason victory to go along with that. Then they had to go on the road to Catawba Ridge, and this one was a little tougher because Catawba Ridge is a pretty good team. Um, they fell in the first set 25-12, so they were a little flat going in, but then they came right back, and they made it competitive. 25-20 uh, was uh, another loss in game number two, and then the third set they lost 27-25, so they took them into a couple of bonus uh, points to go along with that. But what a great season they had overall. Congratulations to them um, making it you know, too deep into the playoffs in volleyball. Second year, right? Second year. Uh, definitely a coach would need to. This, the thing's going to be volleyball anyway because you got some other volleyball stuff to go. But incredible in your second year of, of guys' volleyball, you know, that you can make it this far and actually get a postseason win and then advance on to a, a place where they basically probably started with volleyball up at Catawba Ridge because they just started with every sport that they could put on their map when they opened that school up. But uh, great year for the guys, no doubt. Fantastic. And then you look at the ladies over at uh, Dixie High School. They won on uh, last Thursday night. They come in Tuesday. They're going to take in on a very, very good High Point Academy team. Um, they take them uh, or they lose uh, 10-25 in the first set, 17-25 in the second, 25 or 20, they win 22-25. Uh, in the third, uh, and then uh, they end up losing in the fourth set. So they finished their season 14-5 and five overall. Really good record that is there. Congratulations to Samantha Ferguson. She's one of the assistant coaches on that uh, group as well. And, and I tell you what, they you know, this wasn't something that everybody expected with Dixie. No, I mean, it's good to show you that. Well, now, Stan, I'll tell you, women's sports over in the U.S. at Dixie is pretty high. Uh, they won a lot of championships over there when it comes to softball and volleyball. And uh, what else you got, Stan? Golf? Well, maybe golf. Well, they, you know, they always put out the good cross-country teams, the good track teams. Uh, the the girls' so- soccer team is starting to come into its own. They're starting to get players, you know, return year after year. After. And that's where it starts over there, small community. These girls, you know, 
they grow up, they start softball when they're six, and it's the same ones when they get to high school and they're seniors. So yeah, they, and this team had several young players, yeah. a lot of eighth graders and, and ninth graders on this squad go along with that and then um, we've got to talk about 96 uh, what the the lady wildcats have done because they are folks congratulations they're in the upper state championship game um, you look at their trip they started out uh, a couple weeks ago they took on strom thurman ended up winning that then they got to go to great collegiate end up winning there they beat liberty uh, last night for the big victory and now they get to take on for the third time uh, they get to take on a landrum team that has uh, been ranked number one overall and has had home field advantage through all of this this it's going to be a fun matchup with the Wildcats and Landrum. Well, it's hard to beat any team three times. You might be able to do it twice, but it's harder to do it three. And if you lost, you 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 figure ways out. You yeah. nuances out from that team that's yeah. beat you the other. <laughs> so yeah, it's tough. To, it's tough to be a team three times. We found it out the hard way, but. Uh, Good luck. Good luck to them. So it should be fun. Uh, and then the winner of that game, of course, is going to go to the championship game where they'll either face Bishop Bishop England or North Central. So here we go. Yeah, private school. <laughs> B. Don't even Bishop get me started Bingham. because in swimming Bishop in Bingham. 1A, it was basically all private charter schools before yeah. you even saw uh, the first one ended up coming down from that. So uh, we'll follow along with it. Now, legislation's coming with all that somewhere down the line. We hope. Yep. But then we got also some good news. Wrestling is going on, uh, getting ready to get set. As a matter of fact, 50 years of wrestling at Greenwood High School. I can't wait to get this underway. I had a chance to go ahead and catch up with Coach Montz uh, earlier last week. Here's a little bit about what he had to say uh, about this uh, event that is coming up next week that's going to be held over at Greenwood High School and uh, all the details that are involved with it. A lot of history that we've gotten to research in the past year about it and we've uh come up with a lot of a lot of good stuff that um we didn't know about so it's been interesting to to see yeah the history is now talk a little bit about this event that's coming up it's november 29th yes sir it's november 29th and we are going to have it's it's going to be a bunch of events in one night we're going to have our alumni uh night where we have just anybody that's wrestled or coached in the past 50 years to come back and they will have a dinner with us at 5 o'clock. It's a $5 dinner, and they can pay at the door. They can bring guests if they'd like, and then they'll be able to attend the match with us. Um, we'll be wrestling Dorming, Dorman and Greer, and we are also going to celebrate our state champions from last year at this event, uh, Kaysen Howell, Asia Jones, and Kennedy Washington. We're going to be celebrating the sanctioning of girls wrestling at Greenwood High School. Uh, we're one of the uh, first schools in the state of South Carolina to sanction girls wrestling. We are going to reveal the mat that the Booster Club bought us uh, last year um, for the first time. So that's an exciting thing we have going. And then we also have Matt Reveal, Alumni Night, Girls Sanctioning, State Champions, and there's one more. I just can't think of what it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a lot of fun when you get that many events going on at one time. And um, folks can get a chance to come and see this, right? Yeah, Yes, sir. Yep. And 50, I guess it'd be 50 years of wrestling. That would be the other thing we're <laughs> celebrating. So uh, as far as the dinner goes, uh, you also get free admission into the... Yes, sir. Yep. The, um, if you're an alumni, you'll be able to get free admission into the, into the dual really? matches. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, some of the state champions, uh, you named off a bunch of them before we went on. And you mentioned some of those guys again? Yeah. Um, so as we've gotten to do our research, we have um, 
gotten to see who has won a state championship. We've actually had 10 state champions at Greenwood High, and Alonzo McBride was the first state champion at Greenwood High School. And then Eric Williams was a state champion, Tyler Mosley, Stephen Crowder, Carter Anderson, Kaysen Howell, Dax Seaborn, Asian, Asia Jones, Kennedy, and Kennedy Washington. And Kaysen Howell was actually a two times, our first two-time state champion. Fantastic. We want folks, folks to go ahead and mark their calendar November 29th. Um, if they need more information about this event, how do they get hold of you? Um, they can email me at mountsin at gwd50.org, or they can contact the athletic office, and Ms. Huntsberger will get them in touch with me. And we, we, we're wanting to have as many people as we can that night to come out and celebrate and just um, enjoy the night with us. And of course, we thank Coach Montz uh, for allowing us the opportunity to come in and, and disturb his day as well uh, in all of that. But what a, a great event that is coming up on the 29th, the 50 years of wrestling over at Greenwood High School. A lot of familiar names, I'm telling you. you know, and, and the Casey Howell kid, I think he's still going. He's a senior this he's year. He's a senior this year. So, so he's he, going three-peat. That's what be, he's trying. He could be. So He could be another cage in the making. Could be. <laughs> when you look at it that way. And I did ask him about Asia. I said, you know, if we were growing up, you do not ask a woman about her weight. And he said, well, I don't have much of a choice. I'm kind of immune to it now. <laughs> she's, no. got, she's got to tell me what it is. So. And I, look, that was just a question. I said, if it comes down to, I was going to let you ask that question to the girl. <laughs> before I'm going to ask her what her age, what her height and her weight is for a match or anything. But, yeah. Uh, and there again, with her coming back, I guess that's another one that you'll have a chance to at a TP this year with her though. But, and there again, I mean, ladies wrestling at Greenwood is pretty new too. So you see a lot of new sports taking underway in the women's side of the athletics. And it's going, you're going to see more time. I'm telling you, it won't be long before like Atlanta, you're going to have lacrosse. You're going to have women's rugby. They're going to make their way down. Yeah. Field hockey's coming too. Yeah. So, I mean, they're getting better at that. I mean, they're, you know, it's going to, you go. It's going to be trickle down effect. You're going to have just as many ladies matches to attend as you do guys. So uh, that's exciting times at Greenwood. A lot of fun. All right. Well, we got a lot of games that are coming up this week. A lot of implications involved in all of this. So let's just start with the 17 games this week that are going to determine region champions, shall we? <laughs> let's let's start in the 1A ranks. Um, in Region One, of course, Christchurch taking on uh, Southside Christian at Southside Christian. Loser gets second place. You got MacBe at Louisville in Region Three. Um, that'll determine that again. Same thing. Loser takes second place. That is there. Uh, region Four. This is where the, a lot of the tiebreakers I think are going to have to come in because Blackville Hilda the regular season at five and one hunter connor tyler and calhoun county both are tied with blackville hilda at the top of the spot uh, and each will uh, you know if they win <laughs> against each other in the in the regular season but if uh, hkt ends up beating ridge springs Mineta, then it'll kind of work itself out in that regard but calhoun county much too tough to against wagner sally this this could be just a nightmare uh, of i mean we may go four deep into the tiebreakers in this i'm thing. loving this chaos and this is chaos yeah. <laughs> i'll do my college chaos later but it is but i love the lewisville and the christ i'm telling you man these are some really big games yep and then in uh, 1a region seven you got whale branch they play bamberg Earhart uh, for a game to determine first place and second place in that one moving on to 2a another big one and none bigger in my opinion opinion 96 going on the road to take on abbeville in region one the winner takes uh first place second place goes to the loser in that one same thing with uh liberty and chesney that's another one of those third fourth place can go either way uh winner loser in that one in region six you got hampton county at barnwell um for the region title in, in that one loser takes second and See, region 7, 2A, you got Timberland at Oceanside Collegiate. That's going to determine the same thing there. Um, and that's it for 2A. And 3A, 
You go to Region 2, Belton Honeypath. They go to travel up to take on the Hurricanes of Wren for the state championship or for the uh, region championship. In Region 3, 3A, Broom is at Chapman in this one, and that should be another one of those dogfights. You want to talk about a game that may take forever? Ever. That, that one will be – that will be a, a uh, air out. Let's say there won't be a running clock in that one. No, there won't. <laughs> there will be more stopping running. <laughs> Um, and then in 3A Region 5, uh, Brooklyn Casey is going to be at Gilbert. That will determine the uh, 5A championship. By the way, Dreer uh, on lower, uh, with Lower Richland for the uh, third-place spot in that one uh, battle out there. Region 8, 3A, Hannah's win over Phillip Simmons in Week 9 pretty much has them in control of their own destiny. But they got to get over Buford and win that game in order to take the region title. So we'll Not see so how that, fast. Man. Yeah, that won't, be, that won't be an easy task. Um, in 4A, region titles on the line. Riverside at Greer in this one. I thought Greer had it ramped up, but Riverside is right there along with them. Could be a three-way tie uh, if Riverside ends up winning this one in, in the process of all of that. So we'll see how all that uh, matches up. Could be Greer, Riverside, and Lawrence all for the uh, uh, region title share, which will be fun to see. Uh, with the Lawrence Raiders. And then North Augusta at Midland Valley. We're watching this one because this has implications where Greenwood could possibly go. Um, Losers takes second. Winner takes first place for that region. In Region 7, James Island's on the road to Lucy Beckham. And, uh, again, first place, second place terminations in all of that. And then 5A, I got Region 2. Burns is at Gaffney in this region. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, you know, Gaffney has struggled here as of late. We'll find out what happens. But also, Dorman needs a win over Spartanburg to take third. So that'll look good as far as Greenwood's record goes with that win against Dorman. Um, in Region 6, 5A, Goose Creek looks uh, to get back on top and get the region crown once again over their crosstown rival in Stratford. Um, that is there. Could force a three-way tie if Goose Creek uh, loses this one to Stratford. We'll find out. And then uh, in Region 7, Fort Dorchester taking on the number one team in the state in Somerville for the region title. Loser gets second place in that one. Years past, that was the game coming up there. I mean, so I – you know, Somerville had a little bit of a test, what was it, two weeks ago or last week won, and they overcame. And like I said, this team, that's what they've done all year. I mean, I'm telling you, they've lost so many players for stupid stuff. Um at school related, school related, but uh, they still find ways to win it. And this, you know, I, I'm not sure about the first year head coach that they got at Fort Dorchester. He's done a good job, and he's got them where they wanted to be. So now, I guess you really you, you lament your name, so to speak, stands Bobby, by upsetting the number one team in the one state. state. Some of I think that's how you get your name in the book. Yep. Yeah, that region's pretty tough. Ashley Ridge needs to win over Stahl in order to take third place. And then West Ashley, um, kind of, they're done for the season, uh, kind of waiting to determine if their playoff fate is going to be there or not, uh, all depending on that Ashley Ridge Stahl game. So. Uh, we'll see how all that goes. But that's kind of a, you know how it sets up with the 17 regions that have yet to determine a champion. <laughs> and we're not even going to get into the threes and fours and fives and at-larges. And, I mean, there's so much that can go on. on this. this is a pivotal Friday night for a lot of teams. And it's not just about finishing one and two. Uh, we have seen – four seeds go in and win a state championship. It just takes getting on the roll at the right time. and Getting you know, healthy at the right time, too. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, some of these regions, it may be Monday before we know who wins and who and who's in because of all the tiebreakers that are going to have to be settled some kind of way. And, of course, we know there's a book 
of tiebreakers. <laughs> you don't want to get you don't want to get past one, and you one's don't need to head to head. Uh, you win head to head. You don't have to worry about it. One A is enough, but you get the two D and the rest of those. Yeah. But and we'll we'll talk a little bit later about the the big game in two A coming up this week here because I, I want to ask you both: Is this the closest these two have been in a while? With skill set players, I mean, with Probably. players between I think, so. I think it is too. And like I said, you you missed out on a good meal, which I. Th- Thought Stan was fixing your plate, and then I got talking to coach the two coaches there, Debose and and uh, Bennett and forgot. But anyway, um, Zay King was there again, so I think you need touchdown club. You got you got to. He wants his name in that thing, and uh, they had other players there. Your boy Thomas was there. He got a haircut from yeah. McCormick. Yeah. yeah, he got a. Yeah. It wasn't way up there like it had been being, but a really good touchdown club. I mean, that, and then I found out there's a pick him I hadn't even been playing all year. So he told me that going home. I was like, no wonder they're giving these first place prizes out. What are they talking about? He said, there's a pickle. I'll start sending it to no, you. No, I got it. I, I went back and looked under, and I looked. I saw yeah. Steve Riley moving there. It was. I just hadn't checked my email in a while. So, now, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We got more local region, uh, Lakeland stuff to talk about down the road. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just that week that anything and anything will happen. And it's close enough to what Halloween, so you can call it what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it did look like a full moon last night. So it did. if it's not, it's gonna be close tomorrow night, so weird things might happen. Oh, they definitely will. We'll see. I, I, I missed the anniversary of the uh, Moon Pie and RC Cola. I'm going to have to break that out. I did, again. too, man. I that go was, back that was earlier in October. So uh, Yeah, I got, yeah. I got to have the RC to move. <laughs> All right, well, let's, <laughs> let's break uh, down some of these things. Uh, I forgot to make, mention Greenwood Christian. Um, there's a new region that is out for Skiza. They divided um, a lot of the classifications into different regions. I think uh, Class 4A is now three regions, um, 3A is now four regions, uh, Class 2A is three regions, and Class 1A is three regions. So Greenwood Christian, right now, they fall in Region 3, which includes First Presbyterian, Oak Brook Prep, Spartanburg Christian, Spartanburg Day, and Greenwood Christian. So you got five teams that are involved in that region as of right now. Of the ones that I just mentioned, um, there are only four that have football teams yep. that are there. And this is how it breaks down. Orangeburg Prep is uh, leading right now the conference. They are 2-1 and one in region play. Uh, they play Greenwood Christian tomorrow night. It's going to be a fun matchup. That'll probably determine a tie and who the tiebreaker is going to uh, win that one. Greenwood Christian still has a chance at winning a region title. You know, oh, I, I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, because like you know, and, and you look at the points for and points against Orangeburg Prep, 62-4, 41 against uh, Greenwood Christian, 58-4, 34 against. I mean, they're relatively close in this one. This is going to be a hard-fought game with these yeah. two. Christian's defense has been playing really good over the last two or three weeks as well. Not only the offense, but defense also. And then you got Northside uh, Christian coming in at third at one and two. Spartanburg Christian is at zero oh and two as far as region play goes as right now. So they have kind of a breakdown of, of how that region sets up. But um, you know Greenwood Christian, in my opinion, I, being at home at Victory Fields uh, this coming Friday night definitely has the advantage that is there. Orangeburg Prep's going to have to make the trip up. Um, if I'm not mistaken, so we'll see how that goes. No, they're on the road. I'm sorry. Reverse that. Greenwood Christian is going to be on the road at Orangeburg Prep. This they used to Friday. drive them, man. That's not going to be a big issue. It's not a bad drive. No, it's not. Not a bad drive. Um, so we've got that. That is there. And then um, let's see. Uh, go back and check my notes here where we're at. Uh, in 1A. We mentioned Christ Church is at Southside Christian in that 1A. Um, St. Joe's, they get to take on uh, McCormick. They're at McCormick. This has a lot of third-place implications because if McCormick can beat St. Joe's, they take third place in this region, yeah. which would be huge. 
I saw the call you about it. Yeah, St. Joe's is 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 right there. It's going to be one of those that, in my opinion, you know, they've been a little bit snake bit uh, going up against Christchurch and Southside Christian. There's some some games there that they've had some injuries in some key spots. This could be a, a definitely a Chiefs advantage going in. Go ahead. Nope. I'd, uh, I'd love to see the Chiefs finish third. I think we all would. It'd be a lot of fun there uh, over the nights uh, in that region. Dixie, they need a win. They go on the road uh, with Calhoun Falls this week. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, that has some implications for the fourth place spot um, between fourth and fifth place spot. Yep. Uh, that is theirs. Is Dixie or excuse me? Is Calhoun Falls going to end up in that fourth spot or fall to the fifth, or is Dixie going to be in that fourth spot uh, to go along with that and stay there? Where Shoals pretty much has been eliminated from the playoffs altogether uh, in that one. By the way, Calhoun Falls had their first recipient of a plaque deal tonight at Touchdown Club. That was the first time since they restarted the program that Calhoun Falls actually had a, a guy win one of the awards. So uh, I think it's a game. I think Even though it's up there, I think it's a game that Dixie can win. They just oh, gotta go. I, I, they gotta go up there and kind of just put, you know, put the pedal to the metal and just roll because you can't give Coach Stias and those guys any second chance. Because if you do, they're going they can score points, Tom. They can score points. So they just gotta go up there and take care of business a lot like they did Thursday night when we were over there. And I think the, the, the thing with this game is though that. And the game that we saw with Dixie is they took advantage of their height, particularly yeah. at the wide receiver spot. With Calhoun Falls, you got to remember they're mostly basketball players are, that are down yeah. there. They're not, you know, Thomas Ferguson's going to have a little bit of trouble, I think, with some of the guys guarding him that are just the same size, maybe a little bit bigger. Probably bigger than he is, but yeah. I, and he's got to go up and take the ball away now. I mean, because yeah. we saw the quarterback can throw it up there and lob it up and, and he go get it. So. Yeah, you're you're dealing with a whole. You got the Bryant clan clan over there now. So, and like I said, they're all they've all come out for the football team, and they're doing fairly well. I mean, to restart a program, they've already got several wins, and and the future looks bright over in Calvin Falls. So, looking for a lot of fun uh, between those. Uh, by the way, as far as who they may end up playing in the playoffs, um, when you look at Dixie uh, being the number four seed, they could possibly be playing Macby in round number one. Oh, um, yeah, that's oh, there. Uh, McCormick, uh, I've got them right now as the fifth seed. They could be taking on uh, HKT under Connor Tyler. Uh, in that one, that's that region that's all messed up, and, yeah. and they're in like a four four way tie as of right yeah. now uh, in that one. Um, and then you look at Calhoun Falls taking that final spot at number six. Uh, they'll get Louisville, which will be a very tough matchup. Yep. At Louisville, they'll make that long trip mm-hmm. from, uh, well, basically one corner of the state to the other. Yep. And Louisville is a football team. Let's call it what it is. They're good. So that's kind of a breakdown of where everybody's going to end up uh, in around the Lakelands Region 1A as of right now. Taking a look at uh, what's going on in Region 2, none game bigger and probably the game of the week in the Lakelands it has to be as the 96 Wildcats are going to be going on the road, going to be taking on the Panthers of Abbeville in this one. The loser will end up finishing in second place. Uh, this will be a fun matchup when you look at the two running backs that they've got. They've got two quarterbacks that are just as good. Um, they've got an offensive line that is just unreal at uh, 96, but you've got that quick defensive line uh, of 96. And number 70 is definitely well spoken for on that Abbeville defense. This is, like I said, this is that game that we've been waiting for for several years. Um, it's, it's one now that, you know, in the past, you know, Coach Nichols has just kind of 
I guess blown it off, but I mean that's one thing you can't you gotta take it seriously now because you got Coach Bennett in there and I can't wait to hear this interview he's gonna say, so I'm gonna let it go with that. We'll we'll talk after the interview. All right, I had a chance to ask him about this game. I started off with uh, asking him and saying telling him that uh, hey, we got two ghost towns that are gonna be there. Everybody in, in two towns is gonna be at the football stadium. Here's what he had to say concerning this game and getting ready for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a raging championship game, you know, so there won't be anybody in 96. Everybody at Abbeville will be there. You have two ghost towns pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You be able to, you be able to rob 96 and Abbeville blind about 7.30 Friday night. Um, it'll be, it should be a big-time atmosphere. And, you know, playing in height, uh, playing at height, that's a, you know, that's a, that's hollowed ground in high school football and in this state, so it should be fun. How have they changed since they've changed quarterbacks <laughs> to Mr. Leach? I mean, they've, they've become a totally and, – and probably a better throwing team. They're, they're a better throwing team. Uh, they still run the ball very effectively. Uh, you know, it makes them even uh, even tougher to defend. You know, I've I, and I'm not a, an Abbeville aficionado by any means, but, I mean, yeah, I've watched them play a few times over the years, and we used to get film on them. They were on scout tape. When I was at Clinton, they would usually play Newberry before we did, so we'd have the Abbeville game. And they look different than any Abbeville team I've seen because they, they throw it really well. Um, so that's just add that to the uh, the bag of tricks. So uh, they're they're pretty effective offensive football team. It should be a big challenge for our defense. And your offense as well with their secondary. Um, you know, good news is, is you've got. A great quarterback that's back there, Zay King, could have a huge night. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're uh, you know we're uh, we're not going over there just to be happy to be there. Uh, you know, we're going we're going to play the game. We're preparing, doing our best to to come up with a plan to win the football game as we do every other week. You know, it's a, a formidable challenge, certainly. Uh, you know, Coach Nichols does a does a great job, and has done a great job for a long time. I was talking to our superintendent this morning and. You know, she used to be the principal over there, and she said, yeah, I was looking at the roster, and I think I know about all those kids' daddies. And, you know, just because it's just the next wave of, you know, uh, talent to come through, and they've got a lot of, you know, a lot of the Abbeville names, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they're, they're a good football yeah. team, and that's, that's, what you, that's where you want to be late in the year, though. You want to be, be trying to be playing your best football because you know you're playing good teams. And I don't think there's any better way to test your merit before the cha- before the playoffs start than to play the defending state champs. So we're looking forward to the opportunity to get down there and see where we stand. Well, you know, Westside has a pretty good quarterback, much like yeah. you do in that regard. I imagine you've probably watched a lot of that tape <laughs> and looking at where you could possibly beat them. We didn't get the uh, we didn't get the Westside tape in our in our region. We just traded the last three, so so we don't have, we don't have the Westside tape. We've uh, we've got a bunch of tape that we already had because we got you know it being in the region, we've got all their games against other region opponents, but. Yeah, they they're really good on the back half of their, their defense, but you got to get through two north south players before you get to the the back half because you got the you know number eight linebacker and number seventy defensive lineman. They're both really good players. Um, so we just got to figure out you know what they give us, line up some formations, maybe a couple they hadn't seen, and and see what uh see what where the advantages are, and just try to find the bubbles in the defense and try to attack those. So. You know, it's um, it's not, it's not like 
you know, game planning, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't game plan any differently. It's, it's a region game. It's for the region championship. You know, we just got to take what they'll give us. They give, they give you stuff just like every other defense. They're not like, you know, they're not, uh, superhuman. They're, they're still high school kids. So they, they, they give you some stuff and football, you can't play, but so many ways. So there's some, there's some things that hopefully we can take advantage of. Now that's when it comes down to what happened between the white lines. You know, kids got to execute. We got to make our best. We got to put them in good situations. Uh, and that's, that's what we've been trying to do all week. And I imagine it isn't hard to get them motivated for this game. They're, they're probably at practice early and, and don't want to quit. Well, you know, this group, um, they've, they've not played for a, for a region title. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that. Playing for a region championship, you got to win, and for it to come in week ten, it's you got to have some scheduling. Um, but you know they've got a chance to clinch a region championship, which they've never done. So they've been pretty good at practice this week, uh, getting after it pretty good, and you know trying to trying to just stay focused and play the next play. You know I told them that yesterday. I said every play you got to live and die each snap. I heard Coach Venable say that a couple weeks ago. After they beat Texas, you know, he's talking about preparing in a way to where you're ready for those big moments. You just got to make all those moments big. You got to live and die every snap, but you got to be able to reset and play the next play and not live in the past. You make a great play, that's good. Get up and do it again. Make a bad play, it's all right. You got another chance. Very next snap. So, you know, we're going to have to. We're going to have to do some resetting during the game Friday night because when you play a good football team, they're going to make plays. Same thing with Chesney. We knew Chesney was going to make some plays. Uh, we just got to keep, you know, got to keep playing. And this is when your leadership, I think, comes into effect as well. You've, you've you know, coming from Clinton and Gaffney and and, and Wood or Woodmont, uh, you've played in some of these games that have been high-pressure, yep. uh, high-impact games. Certainly. Uh, you know, when we were at Woodmont, Coach Dockle and I, you know, Woodmont hadn't played for a region title in a long time, and we had one of these games where we played, uh, you know, T.O. Hanna in the de, in de facto region championship game. Uh, winner was going to be first and loser was going to be second. And, uh, we didn't come out on the top of that one. We were leading at halftime. You know, Coach Heron and those guys had a good plan, but then, you know, I've been on the other side of it where last year at Clinton we wrapped up the region week nine just like they did last week. We wrapped it up against Chester at Chester, you know, going to a hostile environment, and you know if you win – you're a region champ, and, you know, I've been on both sides of it. It's uh, it's just getting the kids to understand. They'll understand it after the kickoff because it's all pomp and circumstance until the ball's kicked off. When the ball's kicked off, it's just football. Mm-hmm. Just do what you coach to do. Play as hard as you can play. And at the end of 48 minutes, the wins and losses take care of themselves. you got to do everything you can in that middle, you know. Kind of like birth date and death date. Everything you've done is in that little dash. So we got to make the we got to maximize the dash this week. Yeah, play all four quarters, as they like to say. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. We encourage everybody to head on out. Height Stadium should be a fun one. The '96 Wildcats taking on the Abbeville Panthers for the region championship. Coach, thanks a lot, and go Cats. Go Cats. So there you have Coach Matthew Bennett of the 96 Wildcats, the head football coach that is there. And uh, th- this this game means a lot uh, to these boys uh, getting ready to go over, uh, crossing over into Abbeville County and taking on uh, the Panthers in Heights Stadium uh, in this regard. And, and you know, the, the, I asked him, I, I 
I kind of said, you know, what what really is the key to winning this game? And he said, we got to play all four quarters. We we've got to not quit and give up. So they're going to make some plays. We've got to make some plays, but we can't let up anywhere on the road because Abbeville won't let you do that. For the first time ever, though, Tom, in a long, long time, I won't say ever, but you got a coach coming in there now that has experience in the playoffs, and. He's not going to let his kids take Abbeville for granted, but because if you do, you take away from your kids. I think he's already got the better of the quarterbacks in this game. I know Leach is playing really well, but he's not used to throwing like Blake is, or Braden, excuse me, Mitchell. Running back, I'll put on a even coin. I think Zay King's as good as Carlos Norman. Or that's Carson. Name. Carson Norman. Carlos was a green one. <laughs> They just stole another one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I think it does. I think it comes down to receiver play. I think it comes to defense, if they can get pressure on that Abbeville team. Both of these teams are good between the trenches. Let's not joke about it. Both of these teams are where they need to be. question I have now is, if he can get his team to believe the way he believes, can Abbeville turn the, turn the button around and say, you know what? Because they haven't been – tested like this in a long time. And I sw- that's the reason I'm going to go ahead. That'll be my chaotic pick. I'm going to take 96 over Abbeville at Hyatt Stadium. And, I mean, you keep your spread. I just think um, it's exciting to hear Coach Bennett week in, week out, talking about how each week his team progresses. Um, and I think that's what you got to do. I-, I love the fact, man, that he says, you know, you got it's like your birth date and your death date. And what you do in between testifies a lot on your life, what you got to do. If they can come out somehow and, and get a get a two – I mean, a uh, – Touchdown lead or so, and just continue to add to it to the second quarter. You're around second quarter. You know what's coming next, third, like he said. And then in the fourth quarter, that's when you win a football game. If you can go ahead and get a big lead, go ahead and get it and hold on to it. But you're right. There won't be a soul in 96, and you won't have a soul in – we might not have nobody in Greenwood either, but because uh, I, I don't, wouldn't blame you if you went to that game. But I'm excited for this football game, and I really have been impressed with what he's done in his first year. And I think anybody in the Lakelands is going to say the same thing. I mean, his mindset doesn't change. He teaches what he wants to teach, and he starts in between the trenches, and I think that's where you win and lose. Well, I think that's going to be the the biggest difference in this game this year and maybe some games in the past. This year, and I've talked with some 96 people about it, uh, you know, there have been years where 96 felt like they could match them up, you know, a quarterback and a quarterback or a running back. But it's always come down to that offensive line and the defensive line. Well, this year, 96 has got an offensive line. This year, they've got a defensive line. They're well coached. They're going to get after you. And is that going to surprise Abbeville? Now, it's not going to surprise the coaches because they've seen the game films. But the players had not seen all them films. You know, and all of a sudden, the players are going to be out there this guy's supposed to be 96. He ain't supposed to be this rough and tough and going at me like he is. Wait a minute. Uh, there may be a little bit of that, and that's where that little bit of question mark comes into Abbeville's mind, and all of a sudden 96 is up 710. You know, and Abbeville's saying, then we down, we down two scores. Uh-oh. You know, it might start a little panic. The ball just gets squeezed a little bit harder, and – uh, this game may come down to turnovers and special teams. 
Happy Vans, to me, it, we all know the juggernaut that they are. And, yep. and we mentioned the names, you know who they are and, and this type of a thing. And um, Their biggest challenge was the West Side game, was their last biggest challenge, I guess you would say, a game in which they lost. But another similar quarterback in Braden Mitchell comes in 96 in this yep. regard. And what we're talking about here is, is getting rid of the ball quickly. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell does that. He gets rid of the ball extremely quick. And if Abbeville is, you know, caught in zones here and there, um, particularly with, say, King out in the flat or, or maybe rolling out, you may, you may see some big yak yard gains in the process of all of this. Um, for Abbeville, I, I'm curious if, if they go man-to-man or if they go zone against Brady it's gonna be. I wouldn't want to go zone against him. I, I, I want to play man, I think, I think, you know, and here again, Abbeville, we think they should have the athletes. Uh, but an athlete still has to make the play. And you can have athletes all over the field, but if they're not on the same page, you know, all of a sudden one guy thinks he's got help over the top, and so he pulls off, like you say, on the Zy King rolling, and next thing you know the guy's running down the sideline wide open, and it's an easy throw for Braden. And then it's seven points on the board, and the Abbeville boys are looking at each other like, I thought you had him. No, you were supposed to have him. Uh, um, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, the weather should be prime throwing. It shouldn't be, you know, it's not going to be raining. It's not going to be muddy. It's going to be nice be in the high 60s, football. Yeah, nice football weather. Uh, you're talking about. Abbeville in 96 being ghost towns. Well, Greenwood's going to be a ghost town because you got Greenwood at home and you got Emerald at home with Clinton. So, you know, there's some big ball games in this right here this weekend. Some Uh, huge ones. There's no reason for you to sit at home. All right. Uh, also in three or two A, you got Region Three. We all know Strom Thurmond wrapped that up, but you got the Saluda Tigers. They need a win over Batesburg Leesville to get second place. There could be guys in this a three-way tie for them at second at the second place spot. Um, if Batesburg Leesville gets the win over Saluda um, and Silver Bluff, uh, as expected, should take care of Pillion, you could have a three-way tie between those three. Well, I think this is that. This is one of those old border rivalry games that's been there forever. Uh, with Saluda and BL. Uh, here again, much like the 96 Abbeville game. I think 96 is going in healthy. Abbeville's going. It's saluted by to being at full strength. They went through a stretch right in there in midseason where, uh, you know, I think they were rolling, they were using the ambulance as the team bus. <laughs> uh, but hopefully all those guys are back now and are fully 100% and. I think Saluda's going to take me myself. I think they will. I think they've got the the makeup of the team. If everybody's healthy, I think they're going to take this one. I would totally agree with you on that one. I, I just sit back and I'm just thinking about first place, second place, third place. Do y'all realize what we're really talking about here? You talk about chaos. Yeah. Let's say 96 <laughs> does beat Abbeville. Abbeville loses that number one spot. That drops him down a little ways. So now – you might be a really, really good Strom Thurmond team, and end up thinking that you got an easy matchup, and you got Abbeville. <laughs> I mean, this is what this is what the playoffs are about, yeah. and yeah. every region is going to be this way. But two A and three, I think, are going to be the ones that could be the most craziest of all of them. 
Well, when you look at the upstate, here's how it kind of reaches as of right now. If they go by the records as of right now, you'd have Abbeville uh, being the number one seed. Um, they'd be taking on uh, Columbia out of the uh, uh, Midlands. Then you got Newberry taking on Batesburg Louisville. Saluda would be at home against Mid Carolina, a team that they've already beat once this year. Um, Fairfield Central would be at home against Liberty, and then you'd have Strom Thurmond taking on Landrum. Here's where it gets you mentioned. Ninety six could be taking on Keenan in round one, but they could get Strom Thurmond in round two and that could be abbeville in that spot and that could be yeah in that regard and then uh great collegiate of course uh they had a number one in region four they'll take on pillion and uh round out the upstate you got south or silver bluff taking on chesney in that one so the griffins are the team that are a surprise for me fairfield central were a really good quarterback in mcmillan who's broken a lot of the state records down there the griffins are that team i remember was it 10 years ago that they were a really good football team in fairfield central and then like i said that's upper state and you throw in my hampton county and the rest of oh, these teams i mean state it's this 2a is going to be dynamic this year i'd say it's going to probably be one of the tops so yeah, we'll follow along and see where all that uh, takes place um taking a look now at uh what's going on in 3a because there's a, a a lot of still things that, that need to be ironed out as far as the region that Greenwood is in. Um, when you look at Region 4, we all know that Clinton has wrapped up the region. Um, they did that last week with a big win over Chester. Second year in a row that they've done that uh, over Chester, uh, finishing the regular season. But Woodruff, they need a win over Union County to take third. And Union County... Um, if they pull up the F-set over Woodruff, would force a three-way tie for third with the Emerald Vikings. Mm. Now, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. But I, it'd be neat to see Emerald up there in the third instead of the fourth spot. I, I would love to see it, yeah, no doubt, because what DeBose has done this year. And then, you know, like I said, what's, what's happened recently. It's what, it isn't what have you done for me lately. It's recently now. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what uh, Coach DeBose had to say uh, about last week's big win. That was the first thing I started off with this week when I got uh, got to see him and congratulate him. He was all smiles uh, in this interview, by the way, something we haven't seen in the last eight weeks. But um, I tell you what, excited for this football team. He was excited for them as well. It's been our MO this year, uh, this season, this journey. Um, but I was I was super happy for our kids and our coaches uh, the other night it was a back and forth game for, you know, three and a half quarters, and and then finally in the fourth quarter we were able to get a couple of turnovers and and seal the victory. But uh, um, you know, once again, extremely excited for our young people just to see them to have the success of getting that win. And um, you know, and I told them after the game, let's 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 remember this feeling. Let's try to get this feeling again um, because. You know, it, it's it's been a long time coming, and this has been a long year for us. And once again, I was happy for our kids and our coaches to get to celebrate a victory. And, and you look at the way that they performed defensively it was huge towards the end of the game. But offensively, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Mario Anderson. I have been since his freshman year. And <laughs> in, in, in AJ Anderson. AJ Anderson. Yeah. Uh, and what he's been able to do since his freshman year, he's been uh, a, a valuable part of your team this year, also. And, and you know, and he's he's. He's a constant for us, you know. He's not, he's not going to woo you with his forty time or his speed. But when you put the football in his hands, he's, he's got that knack. He's got great balance. He's got good vision, and he weighs about two hundred, you know, twenty five, thirty pounds. So he's not easy to get on the ground, and uh, he's got a low center of gravity, and uh, he's durable. And you know, the other night he got in the end zone three times, and 
another another one last week that was a big spark for us was Katie Abney in the backfield. He got loose a couple of times along with Key. Uh, Carson Wright's been the mainstay. Um, you know, we we've we've had some production. We just you know have have had situations where we just couldn't stop people enough to win. And uh, offensively, our kids really played hard, and they've been playing hard. So, I mean, once again, I was happy for them. Imagine the bus ride was uh, all song and dance. Well, it, you know, unfortunately, our bus rides are usually quiet whether we win or lose because um, we got so many of them that's having to play both ways right now. You know, I was sitting there looking and uh, talking with Coach Thompson before the game, and, you know, we got we got, we got got seven starters that were starting at the beginning of the year that's, that's out. And so, uh, you know, we, 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 we've been the walking wounded in which is you, you really hadn't noticed it. I mean, I even go back to, you know, early in the year, you know, we go play Saluda in a tight ball game and we play them without uh, Key Holloway and Christian Foster. You know, they don't even play in that game, and it's, it's a tight game. So, you know, we've had a lot of young people that had to step up and gain some serious experience this year, and, you know, that'll pay dividends for us in the future. And here towards the end of the season, you got the Clinton Red Devils coming to your house. This this is a tough matchup. Well, it is. And, you know, and Coach Fountain and his guys, they do a great job. Uh, they've secured the region championship by beating uh, Chester last week. You know, they're they're extremely fast. Uh, their team speed is exceptional. Uh, offensive line for them is huge. Uh, they get after you. They're trying to knock you off the ball. Um, once again, their team speed is, is really high caliber. Um and defensively, they they do a great job defensively of just getting after you. You know, they secure the gaps, and people are coming. Uh, the linebackers are fast. Their secondary people are are good tacklers, and they get people on the ground. But uh, that'll be a big challenge for us. It's going to be our senior night, and um, you know we're going to go out and play Emerald Viking football and play hard, fast, and clean. We hope and. Uh, play in a way that can make, you know, Emerald High School proud of us. Well, let's talk about the seniors because uh, it is – you mentioned senior night. Uh, it's their last regular season home game that we know of uh, in the process. But they have been here, uh, some of them, five, six years. Well, you know, I hope they ain't been here five, you know, unless <laughs> unless we've got a COVID year. Uh, but, you know, they, this group was here when I first got here, you know, as ninth graders and, and, and to watch them grow and – um, we got 15 of them that's going to dress out for their last game. Uh, some of them, you know, have been out for the last four, five, six weeks with injuries. And, you know, it's always a special night just just to sit back and reflect and look how far they've come. Um, you know, one thing I like to do this week is I pull out their weightlifting charts from when they were freshmen and uh, compare, you know, and I remind them, you know, you remember when you first got here, you bitch pressed 115. And now you're benching, you know, 265, 270, or you're squatting, you know, 185, and now you're squatting 375, you know, just to remind them of the growth and, and where they came from. And, you know, when you got a group of seniors that's graduating, it's always special to remind them that, you know, this is always home for them, and they're always welcome back here to come back and see us. And um, we're going to love them, and we're going to follow them in the future, and hopefully, hopefully they're better people because they've been in our program. That's our ultimate goal. Right. Well, they say uh, the second win's easier than the first win, so uh, let's hope so, let's Mr. Hope Tom. That, that, <laughs> that first one's been rough this year, buddy. Coach, we appreciate you. We'll hopefully talk to you next week. God bless you. Thank you. Sound the horn. So there you have uh, Coach 
<laughs> Bo's uh, always a lot of fun uh, when I get to go in there uh, and interview him. And he, he has a lot of fun, I think, as well. Um, not only uh, has he been able to keep a program together through that rough stretch as well. He, he even told me, he said, uh, uh, Kim Adams, um, who's the, the newspaper uh, sports guy, he came out and watched practice one day and, and basically said, uh, you know, this doesn't look like an a 0-8 team at all, uh, the way these guys are practicing. He said, well, they come out and they have fun. You know, they, they enjoy what they're doing. This is this is a good time for them. And play like an O&E team. No, they haven't. <laughs> yeah, I just love it every time, man. The first, like I said, when, Stan will tell you, we were at our normal table at Touchstone Club, and when he walked in, man, it, everybody from Sparky to to uh, Hudson, everybody just stood up and just clapped for him. A couple of them went away. He thought he'd been a kiss him, and he just went back to Mike. <laughs> but, the, like I said, the first thing, though, that he did say to me, I said, Coach, you finally got that monkey off that back. And he said, no, he's still up there. But he said, I got that one win. That monkey, he ain't eating that banana like he's been eating on my back. But he said, I want you to say something. He said, you know, the first text message I got was for Mr. Tom. I said, Mr. Tom. He said, yeah, Tom Carroll. He, he said, uh, and from what I heard, that was butt whipping y'all took. And I was like, <laughs> I said, yeah, now the monkey's looking on my, my shoulders like he's finna jump to me. I said, we don't want that monkey. But anyway, he appreciated that text from you. He said, you can beat his wife with a text. So well, you did a good job with that. His interviews are so fun. And, and like I said, that's just like, you know, Coach Ben and I, those guys do well. You know, I, and it hadn't been the fact that we've been defending Coach, Coach DeBose. That man has forgotten more football than the people in Greenwood doubting him will ever know football. And like I said, to have been Owen, whatever he was until now, and he's got that first win. Hopefully, he gets the second one. It's a tough game. I'm mean, how tough is this to go and have to play a Clinton team to get the number two? But uh, he got some players back at senior night. They're gonna play with pride. And like I said, that's why he's FCA coach of the year, and that's why next year I expect some big things out of this football team. Should be a fun well, one to watch. And, and I'll reiterate what Chris said. We're sitting there at touchdown club, and. Uh, how many years of football knowledge was in that room with the coaches and the former players, not only at high school level, but college level and coach walks in and people are, he's smiling from ear to ear. People are patting him on the back. Congratulations. Congratulations. You know, gave him an ovation. And I mean, he generally appreciated it, and but he appreciated it because of the people that were giving it to him. They knew that this team was better than their record. A lot of these guys had played him. Oh, yeah. They knew that what kind of team he had and knew that, and they had felt the same hardships, I guess you would say, in years past that he was feeling this year. They've all had teams that were snake bit at times, and – just like this team was. He got that win now. You better watch out now. This team <laughs> this team will be coming for you. I just wish it wasn't Clinton. <laughs> and like I said, he's not going to shut it down. He's going to play a hard fall game. And, hey, you know what? Would you – let me see. I want to phrase it. Would you have been more surprised with a loss last week the Union knowing you got Clemson coming in or Clinton and you got to win a game? Or could you see him be upset in this Clinton team because they come in with the big head? They've already done what they got to do. They've well, already secured their spot. Well, they may be shutting some players down. And that's, that's possible. They may have some nicks and, nicks and bruises that they want to get healed up before they start their playoff run. They know this game really doesn't mean anything to them because they already secured that number one. They're not worried about that anymore. So this this gives a little edge to, to Emma right there. You know, let's come out and smack them in the mouth real hard early 
And some of these boys may say, well, I, I know I'm going to be playing next week. I want to I wanna be healthy next week. Mm-hmm. And next week, next thing you know, coaches won the ball game 27-24, <laughs> you know, and that's win number two. Now let's go to playoffs and get four more. Well, it all starts uh, with Key Holloway, probably the yeah. most uh, dynamic player, I would say, um, in the Lakelands, if you ask me, at the quarterback spot. Um, able to not only do it with his feet, but he can do it through his arm as well. Yeah. Great defensive player. I got, you know, that's the one good thing. If you if you don't go to touchdown club like I have been doing, get your butt to touchdown club. You get to meet these kids. I was thinking in my mind, Key Holloway was this big old boy about like beer and running around. This fellow's not as big as I thought he was. As a matter of fact, me and him looked eye to eye, and I was like, you play quarterback? He said, yes, sir. Firm handshake, which is the key to telling the story of another man, too. But um, just impressive what he's done this year. Because, uh, you know, and he had he had advantage coming in because he played a little bit of quarterback last year, too. But Coach we raved on his defense, and he says, we even got a quarterback playing every way or both ways. So he says it's even harder on him, and that's where he's talking about the bus rides were a lot quieter or whatever coming back because they tired. These boys are tired, and they probably be happy when next week's over with and they can get that the overall monkey out the back and see what they got to do. Well, I think they finally found uh, a, a, another key piece that they needed in the running game. You had Foster that was back there. You throw in Anderson, and Anderson is the power back. He's going to be the guy that's going to just run you over and get you that two, three extra yards. He's like again, what I want in Carolina to find somewhere. I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> He's that back I wanted to be. And, I mean, like I said, I believe he was there too, Stan. Um, Mr. Anderson, I, I can see why you called him Mario because he's got that build. Uh, but, yeah, he's that guy that, you know, he can bench and he can, you know, he's the big cat that can run over whoever you put in his way. Um, I, it, Like I said, I just would – anybody other than Clinton, I don't know, man. So, I'm hoping that Coach is going to say, man, keep doubting me, boy. Keep doubting me. And then next week, you know, he's going to come up to me and say, hey – what about that, Clint? You just got to be physical with them. That's, that's it. Yeah. And that's you got to be thing. physical with them. Yep. All right, here's the, the breakdown 3A brackets where I got for the upper state as of right now. You got Daniel at number one in Region 1. They'll take on uh, the number four seed in Region 3, that being Blue Ridge. Wren will get Woodruff, um, uh, Region 2, Region th- 4 matchup. That is there. You got Chapman uh, at home. Wahala will make the lonely trip over to uh, I 26 in that regard <laughs> to take on a high flying Chapman team. Um, Chester in Region 4, the number two. Uh, gets uh, the Region 2 number 3 seed in Powdersville. Um, that should be fun to That's watch a matchup. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in that one. Uh, Belt and Honeypath I have is the number one. Um, I got them winning over uh, uh, Wren tomorrow night. Um, they'll get the Emerald Vikings. Uh, to start the playoffs uh, that are there. Two teams that have already played, I think, this season. And then you got Pendleton, uh, the number two seed in Region 1, taking on the three seed in Region 3 in Traveler's Rest. Clinton Red Devils, um, they're the number one seed. Uh, uh, they'll get Palmetto, the number four seed in Region 2. Then you got Broom taking on Seneca, that being a 2-3 matchup, Region 3 versus Region 1 that are there. So then you have the upper state breakdown. Like I said, 3 H will be just as fun to watch, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Zach will be giving us all the scores on that BHP since us this high school. So. <laughs> I love the way how that sneaks I wonder, out. Yeah, I wonder how he always leads in with BHP, guys. I, I don't blame you, Zach. But anyway, that's y'all my motto. We do, I get to do mine, too. So, uh, yeah, there's some fun matchups, man. I'll tell you, playoffs are going to be fun. All right, uh, and then let's talk about the Greenwood Eagles as uh, they finish the season with Pickens coming into town, likely kind of a uh, finishing third uh, with a victory over the Blue Flames in this regard. It could still be um, uh, a little bit of chaos, uh, as you like to call it, Chris, in this one, if the Easley Green Wave could get a win over Greenville. I'd love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we all would like to see. Yeah, that we happen. we need to yeah. have that happen. I mean, yeah. and it's I don't think it's really would change the. Well, easily would take the, second place at that point. Greenville would fall to third, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, uh, Greenwood would end up in the fourth spot. Well, so if if that did happen, that would help. I mean, I, I anytime anybody meet Greenville, I'm happy to see it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be that biased about it, but I am. Well, let's talk about this game with Greenwood. Uh, they're at JW Bab Stadium. It's Senior Night. It's also Rec Night, so we'll have a lot of the youth that is going to be down there as well, watching this game. Uh, you know, not only from the stands, but in the field as well. They'll get a chance to meet the players before the game and that type of a thing. Um, this has big implications uh, towards next year and and also towards uh, the middle school level. It is. That's the key to it. That's why I, love, I think all the coaches in the Lakelands love to see it. Coach DeBose, Coach Liner, Coach Bennett, all them guys, because this is their future guys coming up, hopefully. And they, they give them a chance to walk on a real high school football field and know that in the future, you know, you do, you know, keep your grades, you get to play up there with the big boys like they're doing. But uh, I, this is a game, Tom, that I think last week I, we looked at each other when that the pick and Berea score came in. And I was like, there ain't no way. <laughs> because we. Everything went our way against Berea, and evidently that's what happened against the Pickens game. Um, you just don't know anything about Pickens. You can't find anything about it. It's like this team just started last week, and even Max Fripp doesn't even have a full roster for him. I know Stan was talking about that earlier, but you only got like 31, one two, 31, 31 players, players on their team. That's yeah. unreal, and you don't even know who plays what position. Well, they play – I mean, I guess like everybody else, they probably got to play everywhere. So, you know, and I even heard Stan say something about taking shirts on and off, and nah, you're not going to do that. Once you get over them pads, leave it like it is. <laughs> if you want to spray paint it, spray paint it. But we can't take them for, for granted, though, because we, we got to come out and we've got to establish offensively what we are. Yeah, and you know, I it wouldn't hurt my feelings if we just let Tristan do his thing, get him back to fifty percent, run the football, and uh, let's see if we can't get Alon Wade. Let's see if we can't get Tank. Let's see if we can't get Tristan a lot of rushing yards, and that's where we build from because we are still Greenwood. We're trying to be something new. We're going to get there. It, it's been a it's been a tough road to hoe, but we're going to get there. But I'm excited to see what Coach Liner says about the game. All right, I had a chance to catch up with Liner earlier. Here's his thoughts uh, on Pickens, and it started uh, with the new head coach as Chad Smith uh, has gone ahead and retired as of last year from coaching. He's now the AD that is over there, and uh, Coach Liner knows this new coach very, very well. Yeah, he's a new guy, uh, James Reynolds. He was uh, most recently at Silver Bluff, but I've known James a long time. He's a good guy. Um, and, you know, they're doing some different stuff. You know, the last couple of years they've been very similar to us, running some option out of different sets, flex bones, lip backs, you name it. So um, they've changed it up a little bit offensively. They're they're still kind of an option team with some, you know, man schemes, but it's a little bit different. It's more of a, like a double tight or a, an inverted bone, kind of what Coach Chadwell did at Coastal Carolina and what he's doing at Liberty, some similar stuff to that. And, so, I mean, it's not that unfamiliar um, to what we've, you know, been working against the last two years defensively because, you know, that's you see that stuff every day in practice. It kind of almost makes it hard to prepare for a spread team because you can't mimic it either. So, um, but, you know, they, they do a good job. They they line up, you know, uh, in a lot of formations. They, uh, they really try to keep the ball away from you. Um, you know, defensively, they, they just try to, you know, uh, make plays and, and get you on the ground and, uh, you know, shorten the game a little bit, so to speak. And and uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's senior night. We've got a lot of fun things, you know, going on, obviously, with the seniors. And then we've got our parking rates coming over to 
they're going to kind of come out the onto the game field with us, at, you know, through the tunnel, and so that that'll be cool. And um, I remember doing that as a child, and that was always a, a big night to come to Coach, you know, Coach Babb Stadium, and and uh, be able to run out with the with the the high school team. Mm -hmm. So um, we're excited about that. It should be a lot of fun. You know, hopefully we'll continue that. You know, for for years to come because I think that's a big deal for for our young guys. And talking about your seniors, kind of as a group, this has been a fun group for you to deal with the last. Really has. This, you know, this is the first group we've had for all four years. Um, you know, and and this is an extraordinarily high character group of kids that that really, you know, wins and losses aside, re really represent Greenwood in a positive way. And and uh, you know, when you look past the games and stuff like that, when you know, and and and, and there's been a lot of great things done by several of them in games as well, but. Um, you know, there's been a lot of super positive stuff that, that they've done in the community, and there's a large number of these guys that are going to go on and do some really cool stuff and look forward to following them for the rest of their lives, or I guess as long as I live. So, um, because there's some special people, a lot of people that, you know, a lot of young men that we're really, really, really close with. Um, some of them I've known since they were born, um, which adds a little extra to it. And, um, you know, it's a exciting and it's also sad you know it's uh it's tough to you know when you spend more time with these guys than their parents do um and you know just by default it's uh makes it hard when they you know maybe playing their last game here and um you know you have so many fond memories and so many things that you've been through and you know tough moments and then you know fun moments and football's like that you know I've been in the penthouse the outhouse so many times I don't really know where I'm at half the time I mean it's it's a game of what you've done lately and um, you know these guys have been resilient and um, and you know they deserve uh, a, you know some good things to happen for them before this season ends and and uh, we certainly that's our plan. We want to make sure everybody comes out early because uh, you've got a senior that's going to be singing the national anthem on top of all that, and Jared, uh, Jacob Smith. Yeah, Jared. So. Yeah, Jared's going to sing it. Um, and I, he came to me with that a few weeks ago, and I said, "Man, that'd be awesome." <laughs> uh, I don't know if he can sing or not. He's, uh, you know, he's in a band. You know, his dad, and the mayor's, I think, got a little group too. And uh, I don't know how that all got started, but um, I thought that was an awesome idea. You know, to. Uh, let him sing. Um, I think he's going to do the Chris Stapleton version of the national anthem, which will give you chills if he pulls it off. So um, I'm certainly uh, praying for him to make sure that it goes okay. I couldn't imagine that, trying to do that in front of, of a ton of people, but I'm sure he's used to it, and he'll do a fantastic job. So there you have uh, Coach Liner, what he had to say concerning um, his seniors as well as getting ready for this picking squad. Emotional night for him, man, because like I said, these are the kids he and that he these are his kids now. Uh, they wasn't the ones he inherited when he came over. These are his kids, and like I said, when he said James Reynolds, I just it just it hit me all of a sudden, and I was like, yeah, everybody knows James Reynolds. But um, so it'll be interesting to see Tom because like I said, anytime you throw a bone with anything, being a game, I don't want no part of that. But like I said, defensively, we should be able to handle something like that. Um, I like the fact he said their defensive players like to get you on the ground offensively. That means we really got to go out and we got to execute plays. We can hit our blocks just right. And, and, you know, we should be fine going into it. But it is going to be an intriguing matchup now that Coach Reynolds is on the other side of Coach Liner. And, and uh, they know each other so well. So I can't wait to see what kind of an offense and defensive game plan we have for the, for the night. Well, you know, he was the uh, uh, running back coach over at River Bluff 
for what three four years yeah I mean, and we and that's when they were really good that's where they were yeah that that's when they were joke about it. that's when they were running but um <laughs> off, incredible offensive line uh, not only height but weight as well to where they just punish people and that's just something i hadn't thought about from easily i mean from excuse me from from berea or pickens in a long time uh so this is going to change the way things go for for Pickens as well for from here on out. Coach Smith finally decided to retire. Thought he was going to get brought back in until they could get James Reynolds to even come down there. But <laughs> senior night is going to be a good night for the Eagles. And, and like I said, it'll lead to a lot of things. But I think offensive, we got to find our our way again. And that's that's running the football and then making the throws that are easier for Tristan to make. Simplify it a little bit. I know we hate to keep saying simplify when you're getting ready for the playoffs. But whatever you got to do to win games and make make them close, that's what you want to do. Well, I think this is one of those games, you know, a lot of motions going in before the game because that's when the seniors will be recognized. But um, I think when the ball's kicked off and that first hit is made, all that hoopla about being a senior is going to kind of wash out the door because these guys have been in this program. They know what's expected of them. And they're expected to play and do your job. If you do your job, then we're going to win the ball game. Ever, all 11 of you that's on the field at time, just do your job. We're not asking you to win the ball game. We're, you're not going to lose it. We just, you know, so let's, let's go win. Let's play loose, have fun. It's your last game. Let's have fun. Well, the last game at JW. Now we got we got four more games we got to go win, but um, and we can do that too. So should be fun uh, when you look at Region Four and the brackets, uh, or should say uh, Class Four A and the brackets of what's going on. Um, I got Greer over Riverside winning the the top spot, uh, so they'll take on Indian Land at home. Greenville winning the second spot in Region One, they'll take on the South Aiken team out of Region Four in the number three in that two three matchup. I got uh, North Augusta over uh, losing to Midland Valley for the Region Championship tomorrow night, which would force North Augusta to that number two spot, and Greenwood would be in that number um, three spot three for Region 4 versus Region 1, mainly because I want to see us beat North Augusta. I want a rematch. I do, <laughs> yeah, too, I do. I want that rematch that is there. Northwestern out of Region 3 wins uh, the number one spot. They'll get the Lawrence Raiders in the number four spot from Region 2 in that 1-4 matchup, possibly setting up a Greenwood-Northwestern matchup uh, in that second round. Again. Wouldn't that be fun? Um Riverside, uh, they'll take the number two spot in Region 2. Uh, they'll get York. Westside, of course, wins Region 1. They'll host Airport. South Point wins region uh, the number two spot in Region 3. They'll get the three seed in Eastside, um, which isn't necessarily a given. Eastside much better this year than they have been in past years. Um, Midland Valley, I have the number one spot in Region 4 over North Augusta. They're going to end up uh, taking on the number four out of Region 1, that being the Easley Green Wave. So, um, Kind of a little bit easier if we ended up in that number four spot uh, and possibly a rematch setting up with either Riverside or Westside in round number three uh, if we took that four spot. But easily could possibly get there. They could. I mean, you know, Stoker's back. He's, he seems to be playing well. Like, he, we didn't even do anything to him. And uh, that matchup there, I, I'm intrigued by the Greenville having, you know, with the South Aiken. I mean, it's just uh, Smith's the quarterback still at South Aiken. I mean, so they're going to run the same offense they kind of run. And, 
Uh, Midland Valley is the team that's kind of with Trayvon Dunbar and and the two linemen that are so good. And then you got you always got to bring Northwestern up. And I I read I had written down the Mister South Carolina stuff, but I don't yeah, know what I did. Turbo Richards Turbo is, is on that be list. On that list and, yeah. uh, there's several guys on it. Um, the, and Trayvon Dunbar should be on that list, and he wasn't. I don't know why they left him yeah, off. Yeah, McFadden out of Hillcrest. Now McFadden is, is yeah. Th- th- those two are about the same in my opinion. Both of them have crazy speed, and um, there, there's some guys that I just was really stunned to see that they weren't a part of it. But I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean really anything as far as the team goes. This is all individual honors. It's that me and not we. And so, but Trayvon Dunbar is a guy at Midland Valley that that you know when he left Silver Bluff, that whole program just kind of. Had to recycle and, and things like that. So, uh, like I said, looking for a good good game. We we need to come out with a win, and we're about the playoffs next week. All right. So, just so you know, who the Mister Football um, finalists are? We mentioned Avery McFadden, the wide receiver out of Hillcrest, Turbo Richardson, the running back from Northwestern. You got uh, Josiah Thompson, the offensive lineman from Dillon. Congrats He's a game guy, him. by the way. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Watson Young, the offensive yeah. lineman from Daniel is on that list along with Zion Dobson, who is listed as an athlete from Hampton County. Running back, man. Really good player. And that's, I, I think their success in the playoffs go to him as well. But you talk about the lineman, you know who his coach is. His coach is Gage Savanka yeah. at Daniel. So, yeah. you know, that young man's going he, – he's a blocking machine, and more than likely he's going to stay home and go to a pair of them hills, as I say. <laughs> he don't want to go nowhere else. He, he's going to probably stay with Dabo in that crowd. So. All right, so that's what I've got as far as the 4A goes. Um, there aren't any 5A teams in the Lakelands, but uh, let's run down the uh, upper state for the 5A. Uh, T.L. Han, of course, number one. Uh, they'll get Fort Mill in that 1-5 matchup out of Region 3. Dutch Fork, um, I have them uh, losing, uh, as a matter of fact, or I should say winning against Lexington tomorrow night, but they did lose uh, earlier in the year. So they get the number two spot. Uh, they'll take on Boylan Springs in the 2-3 matchup, which will be a tough matchup for them. Uh, Ken really Curtis do. mad. And now Lexington <laughs> is going to probably beat the brakes off them. I hope they do. <laughs> I do too. Um, uh, the number one seed out of Region 3 is Clover. They'll get uh, the number four seed from Region 1, Woodmont. Um, I got Gaffney winning over Burns tomorrow night. Um, or excuse me, the other way away. And Burns beating Gaffney. Good uh, <laughs> this one. They'll get, so Gaffney will get the number two spot. Uh, they'll take on Lexington at the number three spot, which will be a fun matchup there. And then uh, Rock Hill. It gets the number two spot in Region 3. They get uh, the four seed in Spartanburg out of Region 2. Hillcrest uh, is the two seed. They'll get number four seed out of Region 3 in Blythewood. And then Burns is going to end up getting a uh, upper state at large. Not sure how to determine that or who they're going to end up getting. But that'll be fun. Here's a little uh, controversy that's going on as of right now. If you watch the Meshon boards and, and what's going on with Northwestern and also Rock Hill, they share the same stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay, So first playoff game both of them will be at home who plays on friday night or do you play uh, an early game and a late game you know and, and both of them are number one seeds you can't necessarily give it to the higher ranked but you could give it to the uh, 5a versus 4a kind of thing in that regard and that's what you may see and like i said last year we were up there on the saturday anyway yeah. uh, due to the weather but um Either way, I mean, you just got to go over there and take care of business and play ball. I think another reason I think I might would give the slight to Rock Hill is because it's been so long since they've been there. Well, and, uh, you know, <laughs> do you do you say, okay, Jerome, we're going to leave this up to you because you're the ones that draw up all this? And then Jerome's going to look at them and say, 
school district, why hadn't you built new stadiums where these schools have stadiums? Well, they started to. Uh, you mean, yeah. South Point has got their own stadium, yeah. Fort Mill, Catamba Ridge. They've all got, these are the only two, two that, that, don't. that don't. So now you're going to have to take somebody like a right kill, send them over to Catawba. <laughs> and if you're going to do that, then let's send Northwestern over to South, some, Point. South Point to play. Don't <laughs> let them play on that field that they've called their home field all year. And uh, that, that, that'll that stir the hair up on somebody's back and there'll be something going on up there. Yeah, I just then, thought it was a, uh, an interesting, interesting dilemma that they're in right and now. And it's something to watch yeah. and see what's, what's going to happen. Here's there. what I like about it. I'll tell you why I like it. There's going to be some dag blame good games on Friday night. And if they go ahead and just say, hey, y'all come up on Saturday, we're willing to do that. Because there might be another game that we really want to catch in the Lakelands that are playing on that Friday night. So there's two ways to look at it. I mean, even if we play yeah. on the Friday, there might be a good game to Saturday. So, I mean, yeah. if, if that's the way it's going to be, now I like his philosophy. I like the way y'all decided we'll go to South Point and play it. And I don't like that place but, <laughs> because I've been bad luck there. But uh, you just got to go out and execute now. And that is, that is chaos right there because now you're leaving it back in Jerome's hands and they the one that started it. So. Make them play on a neutral field. Yeah. I like that, Stan. I, I like that. All right. So, they <laughs> have a look at the high school uh, I got football. one other thing I want right. to mention. My nephew Caden found out this week that he has been invited down to north-south. They have something on Friday late in the week for the underclassmen. They select some underclassmen to go down uh, to run – through drills, and I don't know what it's all about. I all I all I got was Caden's going down there. So oh, the junior classic, junior classic. That's, that's what it is. That's it. Yeah, and he's a, he's a linebacker at East Side, and with Coach Wilcox. So uh, still yes. trying to keep Caden there. That's uh, valuable. I don't, I don't, that's I don't valuable want him transferring nowhere else. Well, uh, Coach Acock's a good we guy. Have, we have talked. About that situation, <laughs> because they have had some of their better players transfer out. Hence, Cutter Woods going yeah. barely the biggest out of all of yeah. them. So. All right, we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. B-Rad is getting ready for the evening crowd to make their way in. And um, uh, you got Clyde cooking for you, so good luck on that. <laughs> It'll be pretty good food. Um, uh, just, you know, uh, just don't tell them we sent you. You'll get it on time. <laughs> uh, Caroline's mopping for some reason. This this crowd's like going to come in like they've been in a hayfield somewhere. But now we're totally the time to mop. But it's all good. Like I said, you got great staff here, man. B-Rad did give me the stink eye when I saw my strong thermometer. I saw it. You know, I was looking at that one. I, but, uh, you know, Coach Webb's got a really good team down there. I just – be right. I think 2A is the, the region to look at this year. And I would not be stunned if y'all don't make it on down there too. But at, that playoffs is going to be crazy, and I can't wait to be a part of it. So – It'll be fun. Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on towards the college ranks. We're going to get to Chris's chaos here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to say uh, congrats to Lander Wrestling because they were picked as a preseason conference Carolina favorite uh, as of right now. Main reason, you got uh, three All-Americans that are returning. When you look at uh, David Hunsberger, Zeth Brower, you also got James Joplin uh, throwing in the mix of all that. Uh, That's all part of the reason why they are the preseason favorite. 14 uh, or a thir- out of 14 votes, they got 13. The only other one vote they got away from them, somebody voted for Newberry in that regard. I'm not sure who that was, but we'll hunt them down, figure probably, it out. Probably the Newberry AD. 
we'll figure it out. But, uh, you know, congrats to them. And, and they've got a tough matchup uh, that's coming up uh, throughout. Uh, you know, they're taking on some really tough teams, and particularly at the tournaments. The preseason tournaments are going to get underway here next month. Um, and, and last year they showed that they are right there with some of these Division Five Power 5 programs. Yeah. I mean, to hear Brower's back is the one that just is surprising to me. Boy, he's definitely going to use his COVID year. But, uh, oh, we forgot about somebody, by the way. And I didn't have it lined up to do it. But um, Cambridge did lose that volleyball game at Lawrence. But the fact they still made it there. They're the runner-up. Coach Decent with another great team. And and like I said, it should be one to get back on once we start rolling softball and some of the other ones too. But I can't leave them out because they had a great season this year at Cambridge as well. All right, so that brings us uh, to Chris's chaos. Now we're going to start it quick. We're going to start yeah. it right here, right now. You're going to put me on the spot. We Bye. are. <laughs> you <laughs> are the man. <laughs> nice. We're going to look and see where this chaos ends up for this week, because there are some games that uh, I'm just sitting here thinking that's that's beatable. That's look. Doable. Every one of these pages I got with top 25 teams could possibly lose this weekend now i've bet against texas and i bet against oklahoma every week so be right i'm gonna stay with it because i think that number that number three team they've been winning games but you know kyle mccord is doing what he's got to do he's got almost 2,000 yards passing for ohio state well they play uh a wisconsin team that's looking tanner mordecai that was at minnesota and that uh purdue he he's back and he's got almost 1,200 yards. His problem's throwing interception, so they got to figure a way that they can slow it down. And that's Braylon Allen. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin at home over Ohio State. I know Stan's waiting, and it's right here. It's Mark too, but I I, I just I don't know that I got the Kahuna's to pull the trigger on this Florida Georgia game. But we'll, we'll keep going down the list as we go because I tell you there was some I was gonna pick. I went against Texas last week because I'm just not sold on Sarkeesian and him being ready for the SEC. They get a really interesting matchup. They're, they're at seven after the comeback win to beat Houston. Um, and they get Keaton Slovis, who's been in, in uh, college football for about 10 years now in scenes, but he's been everywhere. Um, from from USC to anywhere, he's been everywhere. And I'm going to go ahead and take BYU and the Cougars. Uh, they're five and two on the year. Texas has worked their way to six and one. Uh, but... Texas also doesn't have a quarterback. One of you got hurt last week. So now I ask y'all, you're down to Malachi Murphy or you're down to Arch Manning. And that'll be an interesting decision to make. But you got one of the best running backs in the country. And that's who won the game last week in overtime against Houston. So if you want to win the game, you got to give it to Johnson Brooks uh, to win the game for you. And then my second, well, I'm gonna, I got you a few of them right here. Uh, I'm going to also take Rice over the number 22 team, Tulane. And that's JT Daniels, who's probably 45 by now yeah and had played at southern cal with keaton slovis and the rest of these guys but he has slowly got that program back on track at dallas and rice is a pretty good football team uh, and i'm gonna go ahead and go with them as well you're gonna let me take louisville over duke you said that was fine even though that it's the other way around i'm gonna take kentucky at home against tennessee joe milton's got to prove it to me yet and the one that is going to surprise you i am going to take it i'm going to take pat narduzzi and i'm going to take Phil Jakovich, who was at Boston College last year. And I'm going to take fit over Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So, text me Jesus or whatever that one is. It's going to be uh, – that's, that's a game I – that would be a crying shame there because yeah. I just he, – he's always had a really good game when it, whenever Jakovich went against Notre Dame. I love Sam Hartman. I think he should be one of your players of the year. But I just – that team, if they can't get Aldrich Estime to run in the football like they've had trouble with – uh, this could get ugly quick. This is a six and two matchup with Notre Dame and a two and five pit team. But I, I got my two and fives on. 
the Gamecocks <laughs> under here, and we're two and five. So when I saw that that number was two and five, I said, I got to pick it. So anyway. But you still never gave us a Georgia, Florida. I, I just, like just I said, pick. I just don't have. It, it was ain't about, got to be part of the chaos. I Who do like, you think Florida can beat Georgia? I think defensively that's the only way Georgia wins this game. Yeah. Brock Bowers is gone. We're going to see what Oscar Delp can do. And uh, I'm probably going to cry when I can see what he can do because we we almost had him at tight end in Columbia. But Georgia's got to run the ball. But I would not be stunned if Florida doesn't jump on quick. And that's the only way they're going to beat them. But I wouldn't be stunned to see Florida. Man, that used to be called the world's biggest cocktail party. So, B-Rag, get the beers flowing, man. I'm, I will take Florida over Georgia. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Here we go. It became part of the chaos. It had to be, part man. of it anyway. I want it so All bad, I want anyway. to see is who he is going to pick. I want I got, Like I said, this notebook's got about a 1,000 teams in it already. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so that's Chris's chaos for this week at the college level. We'll find out on Monday uh, where he stands <laughs> as of right now. And um, I took a hit last week, you, both. You took a I big took hit, hit last week. Yeah. Uh, and I'm probably going to take it this week. But well, we'll find that's out. That's what chaos we'll is about. Out. I want Georgia to lose so bad that I don't care how they have to lose it. I don't want to be by injury, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to see a Brock Bowers go down because you think about what he's yeah. worked his butt off all year. And, and, and like I said, hopefully it'll be one of these that he can get back, kind of yeah. like Nicholas Cage with yeah. the Jets, that he can be back before the end of the year. Depending on what his doctor can do. He's already had the surgery, so we'll see what he can do. All right. Uh, Join us on Monday. We'll give you all the details on how that uh, turned out. Put some interesting kicks in there, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll run I'll those you a bunch for of you. Money. We'll also have uh, who earned their money uh, to yeah. go along with that. So uh, put those two together. Well, it's going to be a fun one. Furman is at home. They're back in Greenville, and uh, they're coming off a, a big win over a number fourteen team in the nation, Western Carolina. It was a twenty nine seventeen victory for them. They get to take on um, uh, a pretty tough East Tennessee State Buccaneer team that is going to be coming in. East Tennessee ended up uh, with a big win uh, over their conference rival in Samford, 27-21 in that regard. Um, you know, and East Tennessee, I think, is trying to prove a point here. This is going to be uh, a game that takes place, um, what, I think about, uh, it's on ESPN Plus, I do know that, yeah. um, and I believe it's another early game. I think it's uh, like 2 o'clock, if I'm not I was mistaken. thinking 12, but you might Yeah, it's 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock okay, Eastern time. Um, to go along with that. But uh, the Paladins, uh, they're, they're the real deal uh, when you look at it. And this series, too, marks the 38th meeting between the two. And uh, right now, uh, Furman Paladins have the advantage as far as that, uh, that record goes, 17 and 13. I just wouldn't go against the Dens and this quarterback that they've got, uh, the defensive. Oh, Tyler Huff is a real deal. Yeah, he, he's the real deal. And he's got people around him. And, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they're playing really good defense, too. They're, it's not like they're just having to outscore people. I mean, it's a, they're a well-rounded team, a well-coached team. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes that can cost them a ball game. Yeah, Clay Hendricks is phenomenal with what he does. Yeah. Hey, that's another guy that goes offensive and defensive line to start. The yeah. thing I got with East Tennessee is they're, they've got – they don't have a two-quarterback set. They use three quarterbacks. They use three different quarterbacks. And combined, I think they got six touchdowns combined. So you got one with two, one with two. One. So that's another interesting thing. But Dominic Roberto, let's see, he's almost got 600 now. I'm going to say he's going to get 150 yards rushing in this game. And then you got Ferguson on the outside. And Tyler Huff's just – Tyler Huff could go easily go over 1,800 yards in this game. Easy. So he'd be almost 2,000 already before we get to the end of the year. So great. It should be a really fun game. 
I'm going to get your PC, boys. Yeah. Throw, throw Mr. <laughs> Wesley in there because they got a big game coming up on yeah. the road. All right. Um, where is PC? I've got him in here somewhere. All right, the Blue Hose. Uh, <laughs> next chapter for them in this long uh, history rivalry is the da- is Davidson. Um, that's coming up. Uh, you know, Davidson began the year at 0-2. Since then, they have gone for five W's, mm-hmm. um, including Saturday's big 42-21 to 21 win. In those five victories, they have accumulated 265 total points. You know what that averages per game? 53 points yeah, a three. game. It's what they're averaging since losing those first two that are there. Um, uh, and, and all but one of those has been coming against Pioneer League opponents to go along with it. So yeah. Davidson's in for uh, another uh, big matchup with PC, a team that has much improved over last year and just seems to keep getting better and better. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, the, the Maris loss might have been one where they were looking ahead towards this Davidson match. Yeah, maybe. I mean, here's the thing Quite I like possible. about this team is Colter Cleveland is the quarterback for Davidson. He's a sophomore. And uh, like I said, his yardage is, is phenomenal. He's on, on 1,100 yards, and he's only played in, what, five games? Mm-hmm. Since taking over, he's got 11 touchdowns, two picks. Wesley's got to pick up that pace, and they got to learn how to run the football at PC. And I think they can. I mean, can you imagine if, if we were – if you were to take PC's schedule this year and knowing that you got basketball coming with these teams, I'm telling you what, Butler, Dayton, <laughs> Davidson. I mean, if, this was, if these were basketball games, he would be on every night. So, uh, anyway, really good game coming up for them. They need a, they need a win, and I think they might have been looking ahead before. But uh, should be a good matchup, like I say, Cleveland and, and, and Tyler Wesley. So. Yep, and this is going to be at Bailey Memorial, so uh, you can get out there and enjoy some of the tailgating lunch beforehand it's with some great folks. There's a very rambunctious crowd that is out there before the game. I love Bailey. Like I said, you have as good of an atmosphere there as you do at Carolina or Clemson. Just not as many people. but uh, So, anyway, it should be fun times. Before we go off, we got a birthday girl in the house, Christy Anderson. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> She's got her celebratory shot, I believe. But anyway, your mother didn't hear that. <laughs> but anyway, I know they're getting ready to have a big party up here probably. So uh, we got to get off stage. We got a band coming on in a minute. But uh, so. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. Erskine, uh, they've got another tough matchup. They're coming back Saturday. Uh, they're going to be taking on um, a tough Tusculum team in this regard. When you look at Tusculum, um, they're four and four on the season have right now, but they're four and two in conference play to go along with it. They did lose last week. Um, uh, it was a tough matchup. I, I believe that was to um, look at my notes. Uh, uh, Emory. Emory and Henry, they ended up losing 24-27 in overtime uh, in that regard. Now they come to J.W. Babb Stadium to take on uh, Erskine. This is only Erskine's second home game? Third yeah, home game. Third I'm sorry. Home this home is a third home game uh, to go along with it. They only got four this year, so they and they're still winless. Um, that's the other thing that they, they're looking for their first win, much like Emerald was looking for their first win. Uh, could this be uh, that that? Big victory that they're looking for as they're sitting here. Well, they scored at 23 points last week, so that's a plus. I think Tuscan's too tough for them. Not yeah. just that's, well, that's, maybe yeah. not this week, Shaq. Yeah, it's, it could be coming, Coach. It could yeah. be coming. Well, it is also Future Fleet Day. It's Teacher Appreciation Day, and Breast Cancer Awareness has their pink out going on on Saturday as well. So you'll have a pink out at JW Bab tomorrow night as well as on Saturday afternoon. Awesome. So it'll be fun to watch. But uh, one o'clock kickoff is when you can go out and see the fleet out at J.W. Babb Stadium. 
go along with it. All right, and then the other one I need to talk about uh, and make mention of because this is this this is a huge game, guys. Marshall comes in to Coastal Carolina to play its first home game in over a month this Saturday. Six o'clock uh, is when this game gets underway um, at Brooks Stadium for homecoming of all things. So kind of a late homecoming uh, for the the Chanticleers in this one. And um, wow, I. I there's a lot of positives that have happened. Uh, we mentioned Sam Picknick uh, from Greenwood, the wide receiver there. He moved into seventh place on Coastal Carolina's receiving yardage list after just, two, what, a year and a half being yeah. with this program? Um, last Saturday against Arkansas State in that regard, he also extended his winning streak, or I should say his streak uh, as consecutive oh. games with a catch to 52. So we'll knock on wood that that keeps going. And he needs two more catches to move into sixth place uh, to tie uh, uh, career catches at Coastal Carolina. So... Um, you know, all this is doable. And Defense both teams got to step up. I mean, Cam Poncher's is the real deal from Marshall. I mean, like I said, uh, he's almost got – he's at 1,700 yards right now. Seven touchdowns with six picks. So, if you're coaster going in that game, you blitz him for a little pressure. But this is one of the first games that you've seen a quarterback yards-wise that's actually close to McCall. McCall is at 2,000, 19, 19 and 19, 1,919 yards, 10 touchdowns, six picks. So, the picks are there, but McCall has more touchdowns. And then, we, we do we know yet? If he's, I haven't heard. That's That, to me, is going to be the key of the game is if he can go. And if he can't, you just got to run the ball and get Peeney. You know, Guess can well, play. Well, Guess, Guess can play. And, I mean, Guess, some is, yards. Guess has played in the past when uh, they had some big leads and other games when McCall was out with some slight injury. Guess has had to step in. Uh, they don't ask him to win the ball game. They just ask him to manage the ball game. And with that stable of running backs, that offensive line, and the wide receivers, I mean, uh, they've got five or six wide receivers. That will go get it. Only thing he's got to do is get it close, and uh, they'll go get it. So it's going to be a, a interesting game. Um, Marshall's a tough team, but they're on the road. so let's, And it should be a packed house down there. Uh, he's great in- weather. So. He's still protocol, so he's doubtful yeah, for the game. But, for the game. but there again, yeah. you know, if if he goes in the day yeah. at two o'clock and has a good positive test or whatever comes out of it, by in the morning he takes it again. He might want yeah. to cast it, keeps his pants on, and then goes to that tent before the game. And if he comes out of it, he can play. But yeah. like I said, it, and it, like I said, it helps knowing that you got a guy like Jerry Guest that can come yeah. in and manage the game, like he says. And just I'm looking for my man here. My well, man's gonna have a big game, and that's Baldazar. He's your running back. I want to see that man get some yards. <laughs> Baldazar had a good game last week at Arkansas he State. He can have another good game, yeah, Stan. He did. <laughs> All right, should be fun. It's going to be on the NFL Network. Six o'clock is kickoff time. So I the NFL Network is, is thinking. I, I, may have to, I may have to come to your <laughs> house to watch it because I can't. Come on down, can't. man. That's one of the few I can't. I don't get ESPN, but I get, I get that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if, if, if McCall does come back, they're, they're counting on it for, uh, uh, you know, big – Big things going on, so we'll we'll follow along and see where what happens on Saturday um, at six o'clock in the evening to go along with that should be fun, um, and that's what I've got uh, as far as here. Let's talk about the big boys because this is where it gets a little more fun for us, um, and we'll start with the Tigers. They got to go to NC State. 
Um, you know, a, a place that has not been friendly to them in the past. It's it's kind of like Syracuse, as Stan likes to say. Uh, NC State, though, four and three, same record uh, pretty much that that Clemson has. They're one and two in conference play. Clemson is two and three in conference play. So uh, you know, they played a few more that are there, but the Tigers. Um, after last week, you you kind of sit here, and, and they're really at risk of kind of losing the season if they can't get a grip. Uh, would you consider this guy as a must-win for the Tigers getting ready? Um, I think it's a right must-win because you got to look at what's coming down the road. And uh, the Notre Dame game, yeah, you will be at home, but it's probably going to be a 7.30 start time or 8 o'clock. Um, and then you got North Carolina coming in. That that could be a three thirty start. Uh, these these are games that are more questionable than the one Saturday. Now, this is what they used to call the old textile bowl. I don't know if they still yeah call they still it go for the trophy yeah. yeah 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 they get so, the trophy. Uh, you know, and going up to NC State, Carter Finley holds around fifty thousand. So here's another one of those games where you've got to bring your enthusiasm, Clemson. You've got to be ready to play. Um, Clemson travels well. I think there'll be more orange than red in this. Because uh, yeah. I watched the Wolfpack game last week, and it it, <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to watch. Wolfpack right now is in the bottom four in rushing offense in the, in, in the ACC uh, at 143.2 yards per game, which really is not a lot. No. At all, uh, and they showed that last week. The, they're next to last in passing offense. Um, the defense is probably their strength as of right now. So you got to look at that. But the Wolfpack, uh, they aren't the same offensively as they were last year, or no. and definitely not what they were two, three years ago. They, they're trying three quarterbacks right now. They, they Brendan Armstrong transferred from Virginia. Morris transferred in from Louisville, and neither one of them can seem to get a job done. You know, back in my days, I used to bet a lot. So I'm going to go to Moneyline for you at Caesar Sportsbook here. And usually, <laughs> if you go Moneyline, they usually pretty daggabay close, but it is 65% Tigers and 35% NC State. Here's the question How is Clemson the one giving the 10 points? It should be the other way around at home. Mm-hmm. You should be favored at your own place, but Clemson's actually given 10 points in that game. So, be ready to put your money on your Tigers, man. 10 points are on the road, man, against a, almost a pitiful <laughs> NC State team. But uh, Dave Doran just has not done the job. But, the only, the only place they do have the advantage is kicking the football. Well, th- this is one of those games, though, where Clemson may win the ball game, but I don't know if they cover the 10 points. <laughs> Why? Well, you know, as a target, yeah. but do you care if you cover the ten or you no, want to win? You, you, you want to win. You got to get to win. This is one you've got to get, get because of what's coming up behind you. And uh, if you don't get this one, you know you're you let you're at those four losses, and you got two more big games coming that you may or may not be the favorite in, even though you're at home, and you're going to be facing two elite quarterbacks, not three transfers. You know, you're going to be facing Hartman and, and Drake May, and, and they got some weapons. Uh, I'm looking at a quarterback comparison between Klubnik and Armstrong because Armstrong only has like 500 yards passing on the year. Klubnik, as we know, is almost at 17. And then rushing the ball, he's 70 for 93, which means he's got a lot of sacks in there too. But he's got four rushing touchdowns. So he's got more rushing touchdowns than Armstrong does. So they got everything except the kicking game probably. And that, that may change this week. Who knows? 
Uh, Tyler Brown's still your leading receiver. You got to get the kid out of Columbia in there. He's got to start making some catches, though. But Brennan still has a big game, probably. And I mean, like I, I said, he's going to be. He and and Tyler Brown will be the big factor. This should be, yeah. like I said, I I wouldn't be stunned if just sitting a route. But I mean, I just was a little befuddled that the Tigers were the ones giving the ten. <laughs> well, and the thing about it, you know, um, you go back and look at last week's game, and they turned the ball over. That's one thing they better not do up here. Over like, under yeah, two yeah. turnovers. Two. Yeah, under. I mean, you know, <laughs> I hope. Come on, Tigers! You hold on to the ball. That's long. and you've got to improve that percentage of. Uh, you're ranked in the top five, I think, in the country, and getting the ball into the red zone. But then you drop down to like 120 in scoring once you get there. So you've got to improve that, and some of that has been the turnovers. Most of and, it, and we saw that. You know, so let's. Uh, you looked at me funny when I said Louisville over Duke, but I'm going to tell you why really quick. I don't All see right. it. <laughs> Riley Leonard is not 100%, and that's the key to the whole deal. And if he's not, then you got to go with this freshman kid who's getting playing time. But, man, you forgot about a fellow that – I don't care. I can't believe you forgot it because you watched the game we talked about him. That old boy <laughs> running back named Jahor Jordan. I know. He is that the real That monster. He's got 89 attempts for right at 700 yards and 11 touchdowns, and then you got that man Jamari Thrash right there catching the ball. I'm telling you, I don't think this is going to be a close football game. <laughs> so that senior leadership stand that we keep talking about, they got to come on in here because, like I said, this is a tough place to play. Notre Dame found that out. Yeah. So. All right, so that moves us to the South Carolina Gamecocks, our final team uh, oh, to I look at. <laughs> Chris is like, don't even, I don't want to know. Um, but yeah, this is going to be at Texas A&M. It's the last home uh, or last road game for the Gamecocks of the year. They're going to be at home the rest of the way after this. But, um, you know, nobody expected them to be 2-5, and 1-4 in the SEC at this point. Texas A&M, uh, everybody expected them to be where they are, 4-3, and 2-2 two and two in the SEC. It hasn't been anything spectacular that they've done. Uh, they're at Kyle Field, so you'll have 102-plus uh, that are there. Noontime kickoff to go along with all of this. And uh, South Carolina has, I think the last time they won in Texas was like 1956 or something like that, that if I remember. Sounds right. Um, it's been a long time since they won in the state of Texas. But they're going to uh, Texas A and M also is going to remember that they got beat last year in Columbia. So, um, but Chris is going to have to drive one damages to help keep help take some of our players down there. I think. Well, um, like, yeah, it's not going, and that's going to no, be tough. And yep. Juice Wells isn't going to go. Yep. And, and you wrong, Tom Carroll, because I'm going to tell you somebody who saw this season going the way it is. I said at best five and seven for the you Gamecocks. Did. It's, as much as we want to deny it, it's not going to get any better until we make changes. And I know we're not going to make the changes that need to be made. Ray Tanner's the one that's got to be He's got to go. But, I mean, the thing is against this – Stan, who's going to play quarterback in this game? Is it going to be Max Johnson or is it going to be K.G. Weigman that was at Auburn last Weigman's year? Weigman's hurt. So, it is going to be. Then it'll be Max yeah. Johnson. And then you have to look at the running backs. you got Moss. And, and Well, I think what, what A&M's going to bring is a stout defensive front. You're not – I don't think South Carolina's really too – I mean, you're concerned, but not overly concerned about the Texas A&M putting up a boatload of points on you. you. You're looking at that defensive side at the monsters they've got over there, and, and you're looking at your offense, and you're looking at, well, our number one and two receivers are out. They're not even traveling with the team. Your number three receiver still nursing the hammy, and he might go in in three plays be on the bench haven't aggravated that, Hammy. So where, where's your production going to come from the off, on the 
from the receiving core, well, Knox is going to be there at tight end. Uh, hopefully, Nicholas Harbor can come in and make a few plays, and we can get some of these other younger guys in there and make plays. Uh, offensive line, I don't know. They, 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 did they call you today to come down and suit up and go with them? Because they need some people. <laughs> I got a call. They got some people hurt. I'm like McLeod, man. I'm waiting. I want a red shirt. I don't want to play this year. I want to wait on next year to play. So I'm going to do the same thing he's yeah. doing. I was looking at defense, offense. I mean. The thing that I'm worried about now is I didn't notice it earlier is they ranked ninth overall in defense in the country. Well, they're sixth yeah. and third down conversions. Yeah, and I mean, like I that's said, what I was talking about with with the, you offensively, you've got to find a way to stay on the field and then score points. And I know there was a lot of talk this week about kicking field goals. Why did you kick field goals, coaches? We got to score touchdown. Coach Beamer understands that too. But he also understood that if I take this three right here, I still keep it a two-score ball game. I can keep – I'm still in it. But if I don't kick this three right here and I don't get the first down, then I'm three scores down. So, well, you've got Beamer ball in your yeah, back pocket, yeah. and you've got to be able to utilize right, that. And with yeah. a team like this that is so good uh, on, on stopping you on third downs, he, he may have to pull you know some things out of his hat, out of his hat. Um, yep. in this regard and just but, with wild abandonment go for it. But with Leggett being out here again, that hurts your Beamer ball on your, uh, on your – touchdown on your kickoff returns because that was your kickoff specialist, you know. Well, don't you have the, you the got, new uh, guy, the freshman? Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, and, and he's not deep, Brown, though. Yeah, 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 yeah Marion Brown's back there, but you don't, you know. you're not going to ever probably put – well, you should. You should yeah. put Harbor back there because he's a track star. Mm-hmm. Let him stand at the goal line and take it and run because he, <laughs> he's like Grease Lightning. And you might see that this week. Well, like I said, we rank 123rd in defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is not beating anybody. Guess how many yeah. yards we're giving up a game? It's three this, something. This is this is almost five. We're giving up four hundred four forty six point yeah. seven. You're not gonna win many games like that. So you know what? Maybe maybe a lot of these people are right about Clayton White needs to maybe find another job. But you know, for three years he's done his job and he's done it for 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 Must Chump and the rest of the guys. And I just his loyalty to USC and his ability to go out and recruit the players. I just don't see that where it being at. I don't think it's Clayton, but like I said, it, this is a game that don't – I mean, we're, we're getting 15 points in this game, 15-plus. I mean, we're actually <laughs> – this would be the game to go out and pick and say it's going to be chaotic, but I just can't, <laughs> man. I can't. So, I would be more stunned if NC State beat Clemson, to be honest with you. So, but I, I just, I mean, I'm tired. You know, I know everybody's tired. I, I mean, I'm tired of being a game cop and having sour grapes. But. Well, they played Tennessee really tough. 13-20, it yeah. was a loss for them last week in that regard, and mainly because of their defense. They struggle offensively, and I think this is where South Carolina's defense could really step up. If they can get some turnovers, particularly deep in, in, in Texas Well, we got territory. one last week at the 33 and couldn't, couldn't yeah. get nothing but a field goal out of it. That was and, against the – yeah, that's true. And, you know, Missouri's got – a good defense, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's the Texas A&M defense. Mm-hmm. So you got, but here again, we don't know who we're going to play. We don't know where they're going to be playing. Where are we so, getting them from? Well, and, 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 and that's the thing that what we don't know is the same thing Texas A&M don't know. They don't know who's going to be playing left tackle. You know, they don't know who's <laughs> going to be playing right guard because we don't know because yeah. all them guys is sitting in the hospital beds waiting on the 
Well, I'll tell day you, to, day to you guys have the advantage as far as OC goes because Jim Fisher, he's calling yeah, plays now, yeah, and he is not, not doing that well. No, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I, we got the advantage because we got yeah, Dial Loggins, and I'm no. still not convinced. And we're going to give him his two or three years and check him out and see it. Well, you know, we'll in his defense, too, he's lost a lot of key players on the offensive side, and he, he didn't have offensive line coming in to begin with, and he didn't have a running a true running back. Now, Mario Anderson has helped relieve that some. Uh, and maybe that's what wins the ball game for all of Maybe we can get enough game on the road running and throw them little short passes to Arbor and let him take off. Here's the standing question. Over under 30 carries for Mario Anderson? Oh, under. it's going to be way under. He'll be lucky to get 20. But if we're going to win the game. He needs 20. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Over or under, you need at least this little ten yard, ten ten hand offs a game or whatever. It ain't getting nothing for no. nobody. Mm-mm. I mean, if you're gonna do that, we might as well stay with the Karen Joiner or somebody back there. I don't know, he's not the size, but yeah. we got to do a little bit better with with the play calling. I mean, I, I get that. Look, I get injuries, man. But here's my thought process on that too. Everybody they get hurt doing that the year, man. The fact of the matter is, we hired another guy that's a schemer. I, I should be good at this. Um, he schemes plays because he's, he's got NFL talent. At Carolina, we don't have it yet. I mean, we could talk about Rattler being next quarterback in the NFL. Nicholas Harbour is probably the best player we got that's probably got legitimate NFL talent. And, and that's if he wants to play NFL. He may want to run track because there's money in that too. Um, until we get the players in there, I, we got to have a coordinator can call plays. I, and that's what I say. I'll give Jimbo that all day long. But now, head coach. Nope, nope. Offense coordinator, Jimbo Fisher knows what he's doing. But not calling Blaze. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not head coach. I, don't know. I, I didn't like him it. at Florida State, no, I, I thought. Either. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't do a bad job at Florida State. He, he just did. had a well, job. Well, he, he had a bad head he coach. Didn't, he, did, he, didn't rec- he didn't recruit the players that he won with, though. Look and, at his head and, coach, though, Tom. Who was his head coach? You remember? Is that fellow from Oregon that they got from us? <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't argue. That. We probably, matter of fact, we said, hey, we'll pay the, the moving bill to get him down there to you. So yeah. it should be interesting. Like I said, we'll probably come back in here. And, and you know what? If it is, it is. I'll eat the crow. I got good sauce in here. I'll eat the cold beer with it. Well, crow tastes good at Howard's on main. So, <laughs> Holy All right. Cow. Should be fun. Uh, we invite you to come on back. Join us on Monday, we'll have Chris's Chaos. We'll take a look at uh, who won their money as well and break down all these games as well as the high school games that go along with it. The last game of the regular season in high school. Make sure to get out, support your guys and gals in that one. And good luck also to 96 Wildcats uh, ladies as they get ready to take on Landrum next Tuesday. It should be a fun matchup for those guys. Go Eagles. And go Eagles. I'm <laughs> Tom Carroll. It's Chris Cox along with the coach, Dan Spivey, and we are the Lakeland Sports Guys.